We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. So Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. Last week, we had the perfect onstage shoe for our listeners. This week, we have the perfect appearance and potentially interview shoe. Um, it's the Chinese Laundry Wonder, and it is like the most neutral shoe. It's closed toe pump with a platform. Um, it's a one inch platform and a four and a half inch heel. So it's definitely for teen um, contestants and older, but it is so versatile. It's really easy to wear with pants, with skirts, with dresses, et cetera. Um, and it looks polished, but it still has a glam factor. Got it. So what phase of competition or competitions would this be used for? So it's definitely more, if anything, you if you use it for anything for competition, it's going to be interview. Just because it is more polished, it's more conservative with the closed round toe. Um, but I would say, like, if you are looking for a pair of shoes that you are just going to wear to death to appearances and events, like, this is a great one. Because not every appearance is made for an open toe sandal or something really strappy. Um, but it's a nude color, so it goes like with um, a lot of different skin tones, and it's neutral, so it goes to every color outfit you wear. <laughs> yeah, this was one of the shoes what Renata saw, and she just cherry picked it. She was like, "Oh, this is cute. Okay, I'll take one." I'm like, "Oh, yes, what? this is for me." <laughs> yeah, this is mine. Thank you. So, okay, uh, what's the cost for it? How do they find it? Uh, shipping and all that good stuff. So the cost, oh, Stephen, you're gonna do the math behind the scenes when oh, I man. say this. Okay. Okay. So it retails for $59, which is a great price for a Chinese laundry shoe in general. And this week we're giving our customers 25% off. Um, they can find it by visiting shop.pageantplanet.com. So Stephen, do you have the math ready? So okay. how much does it come out to? It comes out to you're saving $14.75 for a grand total of $44.25 plus tax. Fantastic. If yeah, that's a great state. price. Yeah, okay. So, um, so free shipping returns are always welcome, and the coupon code you need is Wonder Twenty Five. Awesome, thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse Ledoux and myself, we are going to be talking about how to promote your pageant. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. Stephen, pageants have come a long way since there was one pageant a year in Atlantic City in the 1920s. Um, but now pageants take place in every corner of the world every weekend of the year. There's so much variety, and therefore, there's so much competition. So, despite the level of competition of your pageant, whether it's a local, state, national, or global pageant, you have to find ways to stand out amongst competing organizations in order to get contestants and stay around for a long time. Yeah, and as a I mean, someone that works with Pageant Planet, owns Pageant Planet, like I hear from directors like, oh, the industry is just really struggling right now. And I don't think that that's true at all. I just think that the industry is so many pageants have come in and then a lot of the industry is fighting for the same girls. Mm -hmm. So whereas like before you had like just Miss America and then thereafter you had like Miss USA and then like Miss World. And, um, or I might have the reverse on like Miss World was first, Miss America. I don't remember off the top of my head, but like there was only like two or three pageants, you know? So it appeared like it was like bigger than, but there's so many more pageants now and there mm -hmm. are still like 
a ton of girls competing across the globe. So it's bigger than ever. You just have to fight for more competition if you are a director. Exactly. And so those listening, if you are a director, there are some direct action steps today that you can take and apply to your current promotions. But if you're a contestant, stick with us. Don't turn don't turn us off. So many contestants say they want to help promote the pageant and recruit new contestants. And several of these tips you'll hear today can be adopted to, towards your interview or title holder strategy. Because often I hear, oh, well, I'll help promote the pageant through social media or I'll tell people about the system. And that's really great. But as a judge, I'm not buying it since you don't have like a concrete plan. So these things will give you some nuggets to start that. Um, thought process, you can stand out amongst your competition. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. At from a contestant's perspective, like as a judge, when I'm there in the interview room and I'm talking to the girl, I know if they really understand the director's pain or if they don't. You know, and as a contestant, you can't really help someone in their like market their business, promote their business if you don't really understand anything about the business element. And as a spokesmodel, which anywhere any pageant you can compete anywhere in the world, you are a spokesmodel for that system. And it's your job to be able to market, to be able to promote that pageant in an effort to help them get even more contestants the following year. Oh, absolutely. It's the same deal with my least favorite phrase in pageant interview history. It's, I'm going to tell my story. I want to tell my story. Okay, well, what does that mean? How often are you going to tell it? Who are you going to tell it to? When when are you going to tell it? What organization are you going to tell it to? Like, there's just very, like, you can tell when someone's put thought into it and when they haven't. Um, so, Stephen, from your business perspective, since you are the, the business mastermind behind Pageant Planet, why is it important to promote a pageant from a director's perspective? Well, and nothing happens in the world without marketing. You know, let's say, like, if Taylor Swift came to Boston, uh, Massachusetts, where I live, and there was zero like social media coverage on it, zero marketing. No one said anything, and she just quietly showed up like on a street corner somewhere and started singing. Right? She wouldn't have the audience. In that, I mean, somebody as huge as Taylor Swift, she wouldn't have the audience there. But when you put marketing behind any kind of event, you can get traction to it. So you have to promote it and what you find is that really, I'm, I'm going to use this and I totally realize that this is being dogmatic, but for the most part, the actual material that goes into producing a pageant, it's not that different, like from a Miss USA to like a really well done local pageant at like Miss Ohio or from like a Miss World to a really well done pageant in like South Africa, right? The event mm -hmm. is the same. You can have it, you can rent a nice area, have nice staging, have beautiful contestants, right? The only difference is like the marketing behind it, the, the promotion behind it. Miss World naturally has more promotion behind it because it's one, it's on a global scene, two, it's been around longer, and three, there's over a hundred different directors as sending their girls off and then they're all marketing it too versus on a local level when you're marketing your particular event it's just you right the difference is just you and your budget or whatever free exposure that you can get so it's immensely important for you to leverage your title holders to promote the event that's going on because if you just change your marketing strategy or how you market the pageant 
you can go from someone that has like five or 10 contestants to somebody like a woman that we've talked about previous, Deb Landry in Maine. And for those of you that are not from the United States, Maine is uh, like, if you look at geographical size, it's pretty big, but like actual population, very small in comparison. But Deb has about 90 to over 100 girls compete each year for the title of Miss Maine. And to put it in perspective, Miss America in that same state has like eight. (laughs) So um, with the right marketing and the right push and the right strategy, you can see your numbers quadruple, increase by tenfold, you know, all that good stuff. That's exactly it. So let's look at some strategies uh, for promotion, for changing it up. And Stephen, feel free to jump in at any point if you um, want to add some business flair to it. Cool. Okay. So the first is what I would call the one per day rule. And this is a very old school strategy. So um, I was, but it was told to me by one of, in my opinion, the greatest directors in the game, uh, Mary Mary Richardson, my former national director. And she started out as a state director um, in Virginia before she took over the international pageants. And she said when she took over the state, she made a promise to herself that she would reach out or mention the pageant to one potential contestant a day. And by that, it was, I mean, she did it in a very analog way. It was as simple as saying like, oh gosh, have you ever thought about entering a pageant to an unsuspecting person at the grocery store? Like, it sounds silly, but even if you're asking, like if you ask 365 people in a year about your pageant and even 10% decide they want to compete, that's 36 new contestants. That's a big deal. That I don't is know a big any deal. director that would sneeze at 36 new contestants in a year. Yeah. I mean, contestants are proud. When you hit the 50 contestant mark, you're like momentum is definitely working in your favor at that point. So 36 oh. in your first year, it's definitely yeah. doable. With just that by making sure you're asking. And like because because of this, Stephen, you and I were just having a, a conversation before the podcast, but it's it's the conversation of, you know, some people are really intrigued by the pageant industry, but, you know, they've never really been engaged in a conversation about it. So people that just have potential, maybe they're great conversationalists that you just happen to meet at work um, or anywhere in your community, they might just need to have been asked the question if they're into it or just to have someone that they can ask ask directly about it. This is a, this is how Renata, my, my wife, how she got involved in pageantry. So really? it wasn't a director that asked her, though. It was a co-worker after Miss USA. And the co-worker said, hey, have you ever thought about doing a pageant? And she was like, huh, I could probably do a pageant. Why not? <laughs> and so she started doing research on it, and that's how she got it. So, I mean, what I love about what Mary did, your former director, is that she made a goal that is easily doable. I mean, because if you think about it, no one's ever offended by that. Because think about what the stereotype of a pageant girl is, somebody who's attractive, right? So basically you're saying, wow, have you ever thought about, like, wow, you're, you're pretty is basically what you're saying by, wow, have you ever thought about doing a pageant? You know, because again, that's the stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. So if you just basically go around and you compliment one girl a day, or if you have male contestants, one male contestant a day, that's huge. It doesn't have to be an all-out marketing strategy. So I love that. It's a very quantifiable goal, and she tracked her progress. Did you and do it personal. today? Yes or no? Right. It's yeah, absolutely it's, personal. And if you can't get out into um, – so like if you live in a small community and you're running a very small local pageant um, and you necessarily can't reach every single person because your circle is so small – 
Um, you can use social media for this one a day strategy. It doesn't just have to be in person. Of course, it's helpful. Um, and then there are some days where you might get lucky and you might meet five women in a day. That's great. That doesn't mean you just take five days off afterwards and stop asking people the next days. Right. But it's just easy to exceed that goal even still. Yeah. And that one person can be like, oh, I'm doing a pageant. And her friend's like, I want to do a pageant. Right. And Mm -hmm. it can happen like that. So and this is compounded. If you're already a director or if you're the contestant listening, you should be going out there and asking your friends because you're at school, you're at college. Right. Um, And you should say, hey, have you ever thought about doing a pageant? It's just as easy as you to ask it. Then your director. So then you have um, basically 72 new potential contestants. That's a 10 Mm percent close ratio. Yep. So, and then that, I mean, your director's mind would be blown at 72, mm-hmm. right? It's a very simple system. That is so easy, so effective. I just love it. Great job. Well, and, and think about this though, too. Remember, um, Stephen, the year you and I were at NAM together, it was several years ago and Michaela Jacobs won the teen title. Remember Michaela Jacobs? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like just owned the stage pageant pro. That was her first year competing in pageants. So somebody at seven, when she was 17 years old, had to come to her and say, Hey, you should do a pageant. Yeah, because first time around and she won a huge national title. You can find that lightning in the bottle, lightning in the bottle anywhere. Yeah, so good. So like that right there will revolutionize your business if you just Mm -hmm. do it every day. Good job. Good. Yeah. Okay. so what's the next strategy you got for us? The next is coordinated social media. And I'll say like hashtags are cool. But are they really working the way they are intended, the way I'm seeing it being used in pageantry? Every contestant now has their own hashtag. I totally get that. I had one. It's great for like a judge to track your progress and your activity and having everything in one place. I totally get it. Excuse me. Instead of just posting regularly, though, pick a day, a month or so to really aim for the stars. So if you are an existing pageant director, you already have title holders like incorporate them and say, okay, on this day, we are all going to post this with this hashtag, this type of picture. And then I'm going to ask our existing, our new contestants that are coming and trying to take those crowns to join us. Because the more people posting the same thing on the same day, the more organic reach it will get. And I know social media algorithms have changed slightly, so it's not as effective anymore. But even still, 10 people posting the same thing on one day is more impactful than one person posting on a day. Well, and it's especially like, what's the context of this being used for? So for mm-hmm. example, um, let's say that, for example, the director wants to build that kind of the, the pre-pageant hype, the camaraderie with the hashtags and with the girls coming in um, who's competing while the girls that are holding the title right now are using the same hashtag. They can all say like, oh, like these are all the girls that are competing. And so it allows this community kind of feel and then people can follow the hashtags. And mm-hmm. so they can see like who they're competing against, start to comment and like on each other's um, social media posts so that when they actually get to the pageant, then, um, you know, there's already a, kind of these relationships being formed. Yes. And I would even say for directors who are trying to involve their involve their new contestants, because that's really how you get the most reach. If you have a new contestant and they have friends in pageantry and other systems or maybe on the outskirts of maybe being curious about pageantry, if they post, you get way more reach than if just your contestants post. Because people following your your queens, people following your queens are probably already aware of your pageant. So it's those like low hanging fruit people that post that make a difference. 
So you can incentivize those new contestants. It can be something like a 10% discount on their entry or even a perk that costs you nothing. Like, okay, if you post on this day with these are the parameters, one person that posts on that day will get the opportunity to pick their spot in the contestant lineup. Oh my gosh, if I could have picked my contestant spot in my lineup, forget it. I would have done anything <laughs> to have that kind of control over my destiny. <laughs> That's so good. Well, okay, so let, let me take it one, one step not even further, but just another angle for this. Mm -hmm. So if you're a, a pageant, we'll just say like, um, we'll say Miss Earth. A lot of times I see directors, they post their posts on Instagram and then they'll use the hashtag Miss Earth. Okay, so you're joining the conversation about your own pageant. Like why, right? Instead of that, like use hashtags where your desired demographic is like following. So maybe let's say that you're ta tailoring or you're marketing um, yourself to high school seniors, like maybe Miss High School America, something like that, or Miss uh, like Teen USA. So what you can do is for your hashtag, try a hashtag like um, hashtag high school senior, right? And you can see like how girls or whatever who are looking for like um, senior photos, who are looking for like senior photo inspiration, Right, they would be looking at that hashtag, and if all of a mm -hmm. sudden they see an advertisement for to compete in High School America, then okay, then you could potentially get a new contestant that way. So, mm -hmm. in order to see if your hashtag is landing on the right demographic, think about what would the person whom you want to compete in your pageant be posting about. So, if you have a pageant um, that's just you have to compete with a with a dog or a puppy, which we have one of those who's a new advertiser. It's called, um, it's called the Miss Dog Pageant. So you have to be a mom and have it, or you, you have to be a woman with a dog and you compete with your dog on the stage. How do I, I judge this, by the way? <laughs> I know, right? Like, this is very serious <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, Renata was like, oh my gosh, I want to compete. Yeah, it's she a... <laughs> should compete. Sammy is a star, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so if you want to do that, then you would want to go after the hashtag like hashtag hashtag like Shih Tzus are the greatest or my dog is the best or dog hashtag lover. fur mom obviously fur mom perfect. So if you wanted to do this, like search the hashtag the desired hashtag in Instagram and see if the people you're trying to reach pop up, and then you're like, oh okay, this is a good hashtag, and so you can incorporate that on some of your posts that are advertisement related. And if we want to really bring everything full circle, if you are doing the one contestant a day rule like we just talked about and you're struggling with finding someone, hashtags are a great way for you to find new target contestants. Oh, my gosh. It's perfect. Just say, oh, my mm -hmm. gosh, have you ever thought about doing a pageant? Perfect. Like, love your feed. Sent you a DM. Thought you might be interested. Love that. Boom. Yep. Boom. Boom. One person. So easy. Okay. All right. What's the next marketing strategy you got for us? The next is to create an experience. And our fave, Sherry Shanley, Cher Shan on our staff, <laughs> is a former director. So she um, gave us a pearl of wisdom if you want to read that, Stephen. Yeah. When I was directing, this is what Sherry said, when I was directing, I let the quality of the event speak for themselves. And each year, it would grow by contestants and families' word of mouth. Um, some of the best brand ambassadors and PR reps to your event are the title holders and the families that you meet. Make it a positive experience and they will come back year after year. So true. This is huge. I yeah. really think like even if even if you are a newer pageant or 
you just don't have the like the budget to do a ton of social activities within your pageant. There are little things that go a long way that cost next to nothing, if not nothing. So first of all, transparency, getting handbooks out quickly with all information and answering questions in a timely manner. Like I can't tell you, Stephen, the amount of clients I have. I'm like, okay, how, what percentage of your score is this phase of competition? And they're like, you know, I don't know. I'll have to email my director. And granted, I get it that sometimes contestants don't read their handbooks from cover to cover, but at the most part, like, I know a lot of directors are not giving full information up front. Mm -hmm. So just by being forthcoming with information, huge deal, or responding to questions within 24 hours already makes you look more professional, more reliable. Yeah. Well, and as a contestant too, like, or I'm sorry, contestant, as a title holder, a reigning title holder, you can help your director by contributing ideas maybe that you've got from other um, systems or that you've heard your other pageant sisters talk about say, hey, have we ever considered doing X? Like this was a really big hit at this other pageant or I had an idea of how we can create the experience more from a contestant perspective. Things mm -hmm. like that you can contribute and serve your director even better. And if you're an incoming contestant in the interview, you could even make mention of that in a respectful manner in interview, you know, use mm -hmm. with caution because you don't want to yeah. critique your, <laughs> your future boss. Yes. And the other, the other thing that I say will cost nothing is creating your pageant week schedule, pageant weekend schedule and sticking to it because yeah. nothing is more stressful to a contestant being at a, uh, an event of a community service event that's coordinated by the pageant, looking at your watch, knowing you have to get ready for prelims and seeing that you're running over and now you have less time to get ready. And Oh my gosh, the chaos. Yeah. So I would say like, if you, you have to appear organized, you have to stick to the plan and that will earn both respect and appreciation from not only your contestants, but their families because they absorb all that stress and the vendor. So if they, if someone's paying a hair and makeup artist and that hair and makeup artist is told, okay, you have an hour and a half to help get you ready and they have 45 minutes, it's really going to tee them off, you know? Yeah, completely. So valuable. That's one of the biggest complaints that we get from contestants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of, like, my favorite pageant memories are not really lavish. It was like we had a bowling night the night before finals. That was so much fun at New York International. We interacted with, like, kiddos at a princess party um, at Miss International. So it's just one of those things that, like, again, it doesn't need to be, like, wildly um, – it doesn't need to be a wild change. It doesn't need to be something that like provides an effort. Yeah. And when I was at Miss Royalty International, they had a, um, a candy buffet. So, oh my gosh. So cute. Yeah. So it was a whole buffet of all these like just different kind of candies and you went through and like old school candies, Tootsie Rolls, like it just, they had everything. It was, it was like three banquet tables full of just all these different types of candies. So it, it was a really cute idea, but yeah. So the fun thing about these types of activities is that it enhances an experience without taking away from the task at hand, um, like when done within the schedules, Jesse, as you mentioned, because like, again, nothing is worse than rushing around, being late and like for the contestants, because they're there to win the crown. So you want to make that front and center. All your decisions is like, how do I reduce the stress that's on the contestants so that they can just be there, win the crown and go home with a, a pleasant experience? Mm -hmm. Right. So, all right. So that's uh, the to the create an experience factor. Stumbled over my words a little bit. What is the the last point that you have for us? 
So the last is probably um, the hardest and fastest of all of these. Um, and it's pr get a professional website and have a digital presence. And I say this because when our panel was reviewing the, the best in pageantry nominations in the beginning of the year, I couldn't believe the number of times we received feedback from them about the lack of website or the complete lack of professional presence online for businesses. And like, I can totally recognize that it's more acceptable now to have a Facebook business profile page versus a regular website. Like I can, I can kind of justify that, especially if the business profile is done well, but don't underestimate a great website. It's like super cheap. There's so many quality templates to use that will draw potential contestants and earn their trust quickly. Like if Steven, you and I know if you go to a great website, right off the bat, you're like, okay, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. But if you go to a website that's like not a great template or it's formatted kind of wonky, looks like someone spent 10 minutes on it, I'm less likely to buy from that website than I am from the one that looks more professional. Well, I mean, when you look at someone's website in this day and age, you're like the quality of the website is giving me a snapshot of the quality of my experience at the event. You know, if someone isn't detail-oriented or professional in their website, they're not going to be detail-oriented or professional at their event. Mm -hmm. Like, I've just, I've not had that experience where somebody's website was really, really crappy, but the event was, like, so pristine. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, the, it's a direct correlation there. Um, so, yeah, and with, in this day and age, okay, you're talking average cost of a domain name, like, for the first year is, like, seven bucks. And then when it renews after that, it's 15 bucks, you know, so, okay, $15 there. You don't have to pay thousands of dollars for a website. GoDaddy has websites that are $10 a month. You know, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so your total startup cost is like 20 bucks and then $10 a month ever, like every month after that. So easy. And like, if you don't even want to do a GoDaddy website, like you can make it really easy. Just buy the domain name again, like from GoDaddy, and then just ask GoDaddy to say, "How do I point this domain to your Pageant Planet profile, for example?" Right. So mm -hmm. all of your contact information is there. Contestants can can contact you directly through it. You can feature like you can have all the information about your pageant on there, and it's like it's there. Like you can see all your past pageants, contestants from previous pageants and all that. So people can see how long you've been around, how many contestants have competed um, in your pageant and just how professional you are. And they won't question it if they just type in, you know, yourpageant.com and it redirects to your pageant planner profile. And it's like, okay, like this is where all the information is. Got it. Mm -hmm. And if they can call you with a click of a button or send you an email with a click of a button, it's great. Yeah. And like I said earlier too, like if you're going to stick if you're going to skip the website and you're going to stick with pageant plant profile and your Facebook page, just make sure it's pristine, like have organized photo albums of pageant week or weekend for one album, current Queens headshots of past contestants, make sure that they can find what they're looking for. And like, we even got a call recently asking about the legitimacy of a system and the website, it looked really nice at first glance. But when I was scrolling through it, there was some questionable photoshopping. So it was like different sashes had been photoshopped on the contestants, different crowns had been photoshopped on different winners. And like, this may have been a reputable organization, but just by like not being thorough with detail, like Steven said, it's important to be detail oriented as a director, not being thorough. Like, I don't know if that contestant, even if I go back to them and say, yes, this is a totally legitimate pageant, 
already they're like, okay, well, they're pretty sloppy in their delivery. So I don't know. So everything you do, big or small, needs to really be thought out and carefully planned. Yeah. And as a contestant listening, that this is another way that you can help your director. Like you could help them fill in some of the blanks with that. Like even if you offer to be admin of their pageant planner profile to get it up to date. So you could do that one little thing. I mean, if you're a contestant like shopping for a new pageant and you see a website that's questionable, like Jesse says, jump over to pageant planet. And if you don't see any contact information that's showing up in their profile, they're not verified through us. So we haven't went through a verification process with that director to see if they are legit or not, because all the legit ones that we've like, okay, you're good. Thumbs up their contact information show. So there's that too. Oh, definitely. It's again, it's a free resource. It costs you absolutely nothing to have a profile and to look professional online. Cool. Okay. So if you were to sum all of these um, strategies up into, I guess, a neat little package, how would you do that? Yeah. So um, in summary, just don't skip the easy things. And several of the suggestions we gave, like I said, are completely free. You can't sit back and expect delegates to find you on Google and be instantly convinced. I mean, that would be lovely, but it doesn't happen. So you have to put in the time and energy to target potential contestants, fine tune your online presence and perfect your pageant experience. Yeah, well, we've had a lot of new listeners join the show, so we want to say thank you and welcome to you all. And for the longtime listeners, you are the best. And if you've received any benefit from the show or for ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really helps us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.